It's FM 104's Switched On, Kieran in for Louise on your Monday evening. So uh, last year we got all very excited because the government announced that uh, nightclubs might be able to open longer and they might be changing some of their licensing laws. Uh, we are in July 2023 and nothing has happened yet. I'm now joined by DJ, <laughs> producer and spokesman for Give Us The Night, Robbie Kitt. Robbie, hello, how are you? How's it going, Kira? I'm not too bad at all. So I said there in the intro that... Uh, me and your industry and vintners around the country, for example, were very excited because the government said, look, you might have longer opening hours and a couple of different things were going to happen. Can you bring us back to that time and uh, what was actually in the initial communication? Yeah, well, like, in, uh, I suppose from our perspective, Kieran, like, the Give Us Night campaign has been going since 2004 and uh, has been pushing for these kind of changes for a very long time. Banded uh, and headed up by Sunil Sharp and... You know, in the last five years, we've been kind of like almost directly consulting the government, trying to advise them and, and, and lead them into this point where in November of last year, they finally published the general scheme of the sale of alcohol bill. Um, and this bill has been worked on since 2004. It's nearly 20 years in the making, to be honest, at this stage. But small parts of this very large bill relate to what you were talking about, opening hours, basically. And like weird parts of the legislation, stuff like the Public Dance Halls Act, which like still means that if you're to organise a dance in this country, you still need to get the permission of a court to do so. And like these type of things that don't really exist anywhere else, a very archaic system replaced by a much more modern system. Like these reforms are really moderate as well, something we try and emphasise so, so much because like the amount of client clubs we actually have left in the country as well, something that we really need to take note of, like we're down 80% from the amount that we had in 2001. And so, like, from over 500 nightclubs, we're down to around 80 nowadays. But essentially, um, they announced the reform in November of 2021. Uh, after, again, a significant amount of consult- consultation, there was a massive public consultation that was launched in January last year where uh, thousands of people got in touch with the government to... This is in 2021, I should say, I'm going way back in time. Thousands of people got in touch with the government just to get them to, I suppose, share their own views and what this should be. And, you know, we're not talking about stakeholders from all across the nighttime economy. So it really was a, a very comprehensive um, like review that was kind of engaged in by this government. And they published it on a screen in November last year. There was a, a Rockless committee that myself and Sunil presented to in January of this year. We offered our, our suggestions of, on amendments to the general scheme. And since then, it's just everything has stalled, unfortunately. We're just in a situation where there's been no real update. The Department of Justice isn't really seeming to prioritise this bill. So from our perspective, it doesn't seem like this is actually going to happen this year. Now, the Department of Justice does have the, like, they have the capability to do it this year, but it's just a matter of if they prioritise it. And as we say, this is 20 years in the making, so... We're kind of just feeling like it just needs to happen at this stage. I'm kind of going mad as well, Kieran. I have to be honest. Yeah, and what's what's the feeling like amongst uh, you know other DJs, other other nightclub owners, pub owners? What's the feeling out there in on the actual ground? Yeah, like it's an, it's just such frustration. Do you know what I mean? Like, because at the end of the day, like you know, we're talking about like tiny, tiny amounts of venues that are still like you know we had the announcement of tramline closing last week, and like that's a built like purposely built club space. That's gone forever now. And, like, losing those things, you know, particularly for people, like, you know, in their 20s who are looking to go out midweek, you know, losing those kind of spaces, it's going to be very hard to actually build those spaces back. Like, that's the thing that I don't think people seem to realise. So, you know, it's it's just like we've been highlighting these things to the government for so long. We've been engaged in so many ways with them. We've really shared this, 
like this, the specific details of what they need to do. We've offered our amendments to the Oireachtas Committee for Justice. You know, it's it's all in there. So they just need to kind of just get it over the line at this stage. It's been a real education, I suppose, in how long legislation actually takes in this country to get done. And I think it's a root of a lot of problems that we face in this country, the, the kind of gridlock that we face kind of in our legislative, uh, kind of in the legislative areas of our political system. It's it's really, really, really frustrating. But, you know, like, Zin, I think it's like there are some things and like, you know, credit where credit is due. There's another aspect, I suppose, of this where it's, there's complexities to how our government is made up. The Department of Justice is really stalling and doesn't seem to be paying any attention to the industry at the moment. But the Department of Culture is doing things. And there's like an announcement tomorrow of a scheme for soundproofing venues, you know, and like stuff like that is good. It's like, but it's really confusing when the government on one hand is like promoting like these kind of very constructive measures when it, when it comes to licensing, they're doing nothing. And then we haven't even talked about insurance. This is the other thing is like licensing is a massive issue in our system. But it only really is the first step on addressing how businesses can actually operate when they're being absolutely smashed by insurance premiums. So, like, at the end of the day, it's one piece of the puzzle, but we can't even get started if that isn't really addressed. And to be fair, like, this this would give nightclubs... Like, so the, the, the proposal on the table, I suppose, is to allow pubs to open from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 a.m., seven days a week, and then late bars, special licences, have their hours extended until half two in the morning. Nightclubs, then, would be able to stay open until 6 a.m. Essentially, that's nearly a whole other shift for nightclubs, nearly, isn't it? It's like another sitting for a restaurant. It'd really help bring in more punters and more money. Yeah, like, in like you know, we have to also just, like, highlight the current system is that there's actually no such thing as a late licence in the Irish legis- licensing legislation. So if a venue wants to go late, they have to pay for a special exemption order every single night that they open late, and it costs them €410 Euro per night. So it can cost them a hundred, hundreds of thousands of euro if you wanted to open five or six nights a week. You would, it would cost you hundreds of thousands of euro in the current system just to do that, just to open your doors. Now, like the equivalent cost in the UK is about £2,000 for an annual license. So the system that they're actually bringing in, it, it, we actually don't have a specific nightclub license. There is some complications with the, with the current, with the new actual reform that we're not entirely happy with ourselves, but it would give the capacity to some venues, under very strict conditions, I might add, to be able to open until 6 o'clock in the morning. And, like, again, we're not going to see a bunch of businesses flooding the market. So this is why it's so confusing, confusing as to why this hasn't been brought through. So many stakeholders have been, have been uh, part of this process the guards have been a part of this process. You know, the Department of Health, you know, we've had stakeholders from across the sector, you know, community groups who were asked for their submissions to the open consultation. Lots of people have had a chance to have their say on what this legislation is. It's now been published and we just need it to be brought into law. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, I just, I really, don't, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's like, it's, it's just confusing that it, this has been held up for so long, really. And, yeah, and there's no indication from them as to why it's been held up to you guys. I mean, we're all very familiar with how committees run these days after the last couple of weeks in, in Ireland. So you were in the, the Justice Committee. Has anybody from that committee reached out to you, any of the TDs or senators and said, look, this is what the delay is? No, to be honest, like I think this goes to maybe deeper rooted problems within our civil service, to be honest. And it's I think it's just the kind of the nature of how there's a kind of a conservatism, I think, at the heart of our civil service, really, when it comes to bringing through different types of legislation. And it, listen, it, this is like a complicated piece of legislation. In in terms, it's like I didn't, I'm a DJ and a producer. I've been wor- working on this for years now. So I think I have a degree 
of expertise in the area. But it's interesting to me that basically the parameters of how we can actually socialise at night are determined by the laws that govern how we license the sale of alcohol. That's a really interesting connection. And it's like this whole thing, the, the, the hold-up on our ability to just have a kind of a free, like, you know, I suppose, open social life is basically down to the government's conservatism around how businesses are licensed to sell alcohol. And there are certain businesses at the moment, you know, we live in a country where there's 6,200 pubs so pubs, I suppose, do have a control over the system of how licensed, how alcohol is licensed for sale. And that does have an impact then on the diversity of types of businesses that exist within the nighttime economy, which also then has an impact on the diversity of a social uh, experience that a citizen in Ireland, an adult human being, can have after 12 o'clock. So it's a very complicated system. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of history to this one particular legislation, this piece of legislation. So... You know, it's it's a it's a hard thing to give a simple answer to. Do you know what I mean? And I think that there is a layer of complexity as to why this is taking so long. But at the end of the day, all we can express from the industry is that the longer it takes, the more closures we're going to see, and the less of an industry is going to be left when this actual reform actually comes to pass. Can you see more closures like tramline? Which, to be fair, I was very shocked at that. I thought that looks like it's in a great location. It must always be always be busy, but obviously not. Well, it, it's nothing to do with business, really. I think at the end of the day, like, the, you know, I'm, I'm under the impression that Tramline's insurance premiums went up 100% after the mm. pandemic. So that's on top of the fact that they're still paying, again, €410 Euro just to open their doors from 12 till half two on a weekday. So that's a two and a half hours of, you know, business that they can do within that time. You know, like, it, like this, the actual... I suppose this, like uh, the conditions are just simply not there for businesses to survive, that, and that's why we're not seeing you know entrance into the market. And I think it, you know again, if you're like listeners, probably are aware, there's a load of festivals you know popping up during the summer, and there's people, young people, who I really t- truly believe, if the conditions were right, they wouldn't be running festivals. They'd actually be opening music venues and nightclubs. And the reason why they're not is because there's no financial logical reason to do it and usually people who open those kind of spaces are mad anyway but it's actually beyond that now it's like it's just not possible it's not feasible to run a space and in any way keep it uh profitable unless your business is offering something else so we're seeing less and less purpose-built venue spaces and lots of the venue spaces that we have their businesses double up as restaurants or maybe cafes or they have some other aspect to their building that isn't actually to do with the nightclub aspect or the venue aspect of the building. So it's just one of those things where the conditions, again, just don't really allow for it. So I would be worried, like, in the longer this reform takes, you know, we're going to be going into September where people are going to be renewing their licensing. The doll will come back from the recess in September. If they don't expedite this and really get on it, we can't really see this being brought in before Christmas. So, you know, we're, we're looking at, like, the... I suppose these businesses also missing out on massive opportunities to maybe, you know, claw back a bit of the losses that they've making for decades. Do you know what I mean? Like in, in this like a very kind of valuable bit of the year where around the Christmas, like, you know, it would be really, really great if we could go out and stay until 6 a.m. on New Year's Eve. But unfortunately, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, we just don't see it happening. The timeline just doesn't really make it feasible. Just given also all of the experience that we've had over the last few years, with them it's just it, yeah. uh, to be fair I think it screams 
scaredness from TDs, from civil servants. I think the uh, 6 a.m. time when that was released, there was a little bit of pushback from certain um, sections of society. And I think it's fear now, maybe, that is actually delaying this. Yeah, yeah. And but like and even in terms of the pushback from like certain sections of society, I I think that it I think those sections of society aren't necessarily large sections of society. I no, think no. they're very loud sections yeah. of society. And I think that something that really kind of I think falls by the wayside in this conversation is the ways in which young people nowadays can actually build their social lives. Something I I tried to say when we we spoke in the doll last year to a bunch of TDs and something I was trying to communicate to them, because there is a bit of a generation gap and an experience gap amongst the kind of the people, the legislators who are actually, you know, debating and will be debating this piece of legislation when it does eventually get to the law in September, hopefully. These people probably don't have an experience of what it's like to be out past 12 o'clock. Some of them do, you know. I think our Taoiseach probably does. And, like, our Minister for Justice is a woman in her 30s, so she probably has some lived experience of it. But there's still the need to explain to some of these people. And what I was trying to say is, back in their day, their parents, they had the dance halls. And they probably, some of, some of the TDs in there probably also had the dance halls. And probably a lot of them met their partners there. And they started their families from those things. And... You know, even if they if they were to consider the proliferation of online dating apps and like the ways in which people actually can meet each other nowadays, like I don't think they seem to understand that that entire aspect of society is gone. And for their lives and for their building of their families, that was an incredibly important part of their society. Now, young people nowadays, in my opinion, they don't have that. And you know, in many ways, we see lots of young people just leave the country because they can't imagine a country that to live in because they can't really start to build their life here. And I think that venues, you know, whether they be entertainment venues, cultural venues, but late night social infrastructure basically is a fundamentally important part of building young people's lives. And they need it. And if, without it, I think that you actually get to a point where you start to get these social relations in society that break down. So from my perspective, there's a very complicated health aspect of things. We are talking about the sale of alcohol and we're talking about alcohol being available in licensed premises at high prices for longer and like you know that is obviously going to bring about risks alongside us but to my mind and from my experience as a young person still (laughs) by the skin of my teeth at this stage like it's really important that we have spaces where we can actually be together as human beings and it's just I I, like I'm I'm kind of just unrepentant on this I think it brings about huge problems for our society in Ireland that we don't have this type of infrastructure and I think we just need to get our act together on it Robbie, where can people learn more about Give Us the Night? Listen, we like we um, it's a it's a volunteer campaign, it's just the two of us, but we try and keep everything updated on our on our Instagram. So just give us the night on Instagram. We have the website as well. And if you ever want to get in touch, don't hesitate to shoot us a a, a message or even shoot me a message. I'm I'm on Instagram as well. And always happy to answer any questions about this because it's a very weird, interesting aspect of Irish law. What's your uh, What's your Instagram, Robbie? And my my Instagram is orkiss forever number four EDA. Forever, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's there's an Instagram name you've given you were much younger, I'm sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's stuck. DJ, producer, and spokesperson for Give Us the Night, Robbie Kitt. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat to us on FM 104. Cheers, Kieran.